Hello, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 10th episode of Hybrid Matters. Tonight, I've got a special guest, as always. We'll be discussing the 82-83 season and 83-84 seasons. You may recognise him, so let's see if you do. Evening, Richard. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Good to uh, good to be a guest on the on the channel for a change. <laughs> if you get, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, I help you through. I'll treat you gently. Is that all right? Yeah, you might need to. Yeah, just to keep, keep me right because I don't know what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you'd be a big help. <laughs> right. Question I always ask people is when did you support the Arsenal? And uh, big question: why? Well, I mean, I suppose my story is maybe slightly different to many people in that I wasn't really from a football family, if you like. Um, you know, my dad or any of my family didn't take me to football when I was young. I kind of got into football myself. Um, and I suppose why Arsenal? Well, it came about really every year we used to watch the FA Cup final at home as a family. And um, obviously, 1978, Arsenal were playing Ipswich. And um, me and my sister were up early watching it from the start. It was on the telly. And, you know, my mum just happened to walk into the sitting room. Oh, who's playing today? She said, we were like, oh, it's, it's Ipswich against Arsenal. And then she just told me a story, or told us a story about the fact that when her family had moved to London from Burma in 1945, they'd actually lived in Finsbury Park, Green Lanes. And that was her local team. And that kind of got me interested straight away, thinking, oh, hang on. And so, obviously, that day I wanted Arsenal to win that game due to that reason. And then after that... Um, I kind of persuaded my mum to take me in the school holidays to where she used to live. Um, and of course, um, I managed to persuade her to take me to look at Highbury because it was around the corner. And just seeing the first time we walked up Avenel Road coming out of the tube station, the windy tunnel uh, coming out of the tube station, walking up Avenel Road, seeing that main stand for the first time, it was like, wow. And that was it then. That was that was it straight away. My team had been born, if you like. So, yeah, pretty much from that, really. And what year was your first game there? Do you remember? Yeah, my first game was um, not till 1981. The, the, the reason being that um, I didn't have anyone to go with. Um, in the end, I managed to persuade my sister to take me. She was more of a West Ham fan. We grew up in a very West Ham area, um, sort of Romford, Hornchurch way. Um, and she, I'd sort of gone with her to a few West Ham games previously. And eventually I managed to persuade her to take me to Highbury. So it was October 1981, my first game against Manchester City and um, just walking up the steps into the North Bank and coming up the top, seeing the pitch for the first time, it was like, it took your breath away. It was just amazing. Um, and yeah, that was it really from that. You know, well, I mean, before then I knew Arsenal was my team, but from that moment, just getting to the top of the North Bank stairs, looking at that pitch, it was like, wow, this is this is home. And that's basically what it became. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, you're, you're finding yourself, isn't it, really? You go, to go this is it. This is what my life should be yeah. about. Yeah. Nothing else seems to matter to a degree. It was that yeah. for me as well. Amazing. So 1981. Yeah. So who were your favourite players around then? I mean, my first real kind of favourite player was probably Brian Talbot. And a lot of that had came from obviously watching the cup finals on the telly before. A few games on the telly I'd seen him play. And sort of seeing him live, he just seemed to be everywhere. Um, you know, he just never stopped running, did he? He was defending, he was attacking. He was kind of, the, you know, the modern day box-to-box -box midfield player, I suppose. And he always stood out for me. Um, so, yeah, probably my first season, I would say him. Obviously, Alan Sunderland was still a very, very good player, even though he was maybe past his peak and he was missing Frank Staple, obviously. Um, he was a great player. And, um, yeah, they were probably the two. Obviously, David O'Leary. Um, was another great one, Kenny Sampson. I mean, I always liked Kenny Sampson because, one, he was left-footed like me um, and I was at that age and he was kind of a player that I kind of looked up to to try and want to be like, I suppose. So he was one of the early heroes of mine as well. Kenny Sampson is quite strange because for a fullback, I'm not saying fullbacks haven't got the talent. Of course they have. But he had the talent of a midfielder or a forward. He had, that, he had such close control. And mm. even when he tackled, he very rarely failed. He, no. he read the game so well and he could tackle so well and understood the game so well. He was, yeah. I thought, at left back, 
which was his. We well, always played left back. I thought it was a bit over. He yeah, hasn't over overqualified. Overqualified. Yeah, he was. He was so yeah. good. Yeah, so, he was, so good. He was a very good footballer. Yeah, he was. Brilliant. brilliant footballer. Brilliant footballer. And glad to see he's back on the way up now, isn't he? He looks like it. Well. Yeah, he's had some yeah. difficult times, hasn't he, poor old Kenny? Oh. But he seems to be. Oh. On the app, which is good, yeah. Sort of program about him about a year or two. I don't know how many years ago it is now. It might be two, could be four. Everything's gone mad as the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. And he was on his downers big time. People have offered to help him. An Arsenal supporter had this special yeah. home, and it was like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, what? If you don't do it, mate, you, you just, you know, all due respect, but he's got over the hill and fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, what um, have you got any? Not about games so much, because we go into that. But how many favourite moments are high? Obviously, like obviously one of your favourite moments when you first got them. Wow, this is it. Anything else? Any other favourite moments? Oh, I mean, there's so many. I mean, for 25 years, I always looked on Highbury as my second home. Really, uh, no matter what was going on in your life, that was always there. And that was always your release every other Saturday, really, wasn't it? You know, just being at Highbury. I mean, I suppose my favourite ever moment or memory at Highbury would be, I know a lot of people have said it before, obviously, 98, the Everton game, when we won the Premier League for the first time, actually yeah. seeing us win the title. I know we'd won it at Highbury in 91, technically the Man United game, but we'd all, we were already champions before that game. But the Everton game, we had to get a result to seal the title. So that was probably the stat. And obviously that game was so famous for the Tony Adams goal and um, everything else oh, that yeah. went on. So that's probably my favourite sort of moment, really, seeing us win the Premier League, lifting that trophy on the Highbury pitch, having seen us win that game to, to seal the title. That was probably the, the top moment. I mean, it, it's just so many, isn't it? I mean, over the, I mean, I don't know how many games I would have gone to at Highbury, hundreds and hundreds of them. And um, I mean, I, I liked... My favourite kind of era was that sort of mid, early mid 80s, really, when it was all new to me. It was fresh. And although the football wasn't very good, just mm -hmm. being at football then was such a great experience. And, you know, that's why these two particular seasons that we're going to be talking about are so special to me because they were the first two seasons that I started going to every game. So that they really, really was important. And to say, I was 14, 15 at the time. So it was quite an important age in my life as well. So the, most of my favourite memories from Highbury would probably be sort of 80s and, and 90s, really. And then to, towards the end, yeah, it was, there was some, we had a great team that really invincible and stuff at the end of Highbury. But um, I suppose it was different by then for some reason. I don't know why, whether because it was all seated or what it was, I don't know, but it, it was different. And although it was great, um, the memories that I have more that stick to my mind are more from the previous generation, maybe, than, than the more recent kind of hybrid, if you like. Yeah. I mean, you went to, you say, you went to away games as well then, that era. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my first away game was actually um, West Ham in 1981, but that was only because it was my local team anyway. The first away game I went to sort of outside of London, if you like, was Ipswich, which was in the 1982-83 season, early early, early on in that season, that was Ipswich away, was my first sort of outside London away game. And yeah, um, I started going pretty regularly after that. I used to get the trains of football specials as they were. Um, you know, just you could just roll up on the day, you know, you just turn up at Euston or King's Cross, whatever it was, jump on a train, um, pay on the door when you got there. You didn't have to plan it weeks in advance. It was, it was so much easier. And yes, it wasn't always... Um, safe to be honest uh you know especially oh. in, in the 80s it, it wasn't um it wasn't safe at all but um it was it was so much easier to go you could just decide on the morning i, I used to i had a mate of mine i used to go with um he used to be a chelsea fan funnily enough and um i took him to arsenal one night it was a game against west brom in the end of the 81 82 season and we were two nil down with about five minutes to go and then we scored two goals and got a draw and he loved it and from then he was an arsenal fan and he became my kind of buddy to go football with. And we used to go everywhere together. Um, and sometimes, you know, we'd have an away game somewhere. I don't know, it might be Everton or Liverpool or Manchester United or somewhere. You know, you get up in the morning on a Saturday, I'd ring him. Do you fancy going to the game? And he's like, yeah, all right. And then we just go. <laughs> and, just think it was that. and it was great because you could do that. And other times you can think, oh, I can't be bothered today. I'd rather do something else. And you wouldn't go. Or you maybe go and watch the reserves at Highbury or something like that. But... It was so good then because you didn't need to buy tickets weeks in advance and plan your travel and all that kind of stuff. You could just literally wake up in the morning and say, yeah, let's go and get on a train and go. It was brilliant. I mean, when you went to these away grounds, I mean, I noticed it, how different the away grounds were to Highbury. Yeah. So many different yeah. things. I mean, the way the ground was, our Highbury was set out, Highbury was set out so 
it was like um it was it, 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 like you could look from one side to the other look the same it was uh yeah, you know, like yeah. all the other yeah. grounds that one i mean i remember the ground at southampton that a strange yeah. one one of the goals which i don't remember it, it was, like it was wonky wasn't it it was like yeah. wonky stand wasn't it yeah. well, left yeah. to right and it wasn't be from top from behind it was a no. way I mean, normally it goes like that. Theirs went the other way. It was yeah. really strange. Yeah, yeah, it seemed to yeah. diminish. The stand used to diminish to the corner flag to a degree. Yeah. It yeah. was very, very strange. I mean, Crystal Palace I went to, that was made, that looked like a hazard, fire hazard in day one. That was, yeah. Like, yeah. I, was, yeah. I remember after the final whistle one game, it might have been in the late 60s, early 70s, going with my uncle, the reason, the guy, as I said, I support the Arsenal. And we were like, end of the game, and we weren't moving. For whatever reason, the game was finished. The crowd. I said, to "My uncle, if anything happens here, we are in a mess." Mm. Because I'm telling you, it was like there were no rules or regulation years ago. As you know, mm. that was different. But also, I've said it before. We got different. We never had. We weren't. We didn't have uh, the corner flags. Had floodlights like the grounds did. Mm. Everything seemed to be a lot of the grounds. Some were very nice. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't have a lot of them. Like rusty. It was metal everywhere. And Arsenal was brickwork. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know what I mean, and it was class. It, was, it was classy, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was everything. And one of the things that really um, attracted me to Arsenal once I started getting a little bit older and I could start to understand the history and reading books and stuff like this on Arsenal's history, and just being at Highbury, you've got a sense of class. The, the club was a class above everybody else. Like you said, you go to other grounds, and some of the grounds were, were, were all right, you know, but yes. they didn't have that touch of class that Highbury had and that Arsenal had. And I don't know, that that's always something that has been so important to me because it was one of the things that really drew me in to the club in the first place and drew me into Highbury. And now I feel as though we've lost that a little bit now at the Emirates and stuff like that. And that's a shame, really, because the younger generation aren't going to maybe have that same draw in as we maybe got at Highbury because of how it was. Like you said, you know, the Art Deco stands, listed buildings that are still there now, even though the ground's not there. Yeah. And yeah. You don't. Most other grounds that have been knocked down are housing estates now. You'd never know a ground was there, but at Highbury, it's still there. You can still see that fantastic East Stand on Avenel Road, um, and it's you know, and that's something that you're never going to be able to take away. And the other grounds, you can forget about them easily enough. But Highbury will yeah. always be there forever, and that just shows how classy it was at the time. One of the things I know it's small, but it always stuck in my mind when I went to an alright way ground. Got bought a program, stood or whatever. Later they sat down, but stood, mm. and it just stuck in my mind. And I hope people say you're wrong. I believe I was right to remember this. That on the Tannoy, they always gave the home team first the same changes. Mm. Arsenal, we always did the away team. First. Yeah, yeah, it was, a yeah. bit of respect. I don't yeah. I'm correct there, aren't I? I've, uh, yeah, I've, I, I remember it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I used to sit there going, I stand up. You know what that is? We are the Arsenal. There's a reason yeah. we call the Arsenal. Exactly. And that's exactly. one of the reasons. Yeah. Just a little bit. Of, yeah. And also, I think, um, well, you know, that we used to give uh, opponents, that we used to send uh, some flowers before a game or something when they come to Highbury in the team's colours, present it to the chair. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of, you yeah. know. I think that's going back a little bit. It's going back. I don't know how to do it now. As you say, I don't know how to do it now. Yeah, we did no, used no. to do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, no, no, no. So, I mean, it's a little bit Americanized, isn't it? Commercialized football now. Yeah, no, it is. It is a shame. It is a shame, yeah. It is a shame because, I mean, uh, as you say, walking up the steps at Arsenal, a hybrid, as I say, they were so solid. I remember going to away grounds, and as you're going up the steps, you're having like, <laughs> yeah, you've been tripping over them. Yeah. I remember going to Fulham, Craven Cottage, and I looked below me, there was gaps, and I could see him serving tea. Where I was sitting, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, and people used to smoke then as well. Yeah, they did. it's frightening, absolutely yeah. frightening. We had the, is it Bradford Park Avenue, wasn't it? Yeah, the the what happened there. It was, but no one did anything. You could, as if you're an ordinary guy, you go, I can see danger here. Mm. But the hierarchy or the FA, well, well nothing's happened yet. So just yeah, go with it. I don't think we really um, appreciated the actual risk that there was. At the time, I don't think we did. I certainly didn't. And yeah, maybe I was a bit younger and stuff like that. But for me, it was like you just went there. You knew that's what the experience was. And yes, it, it wasn't safe most of the time. Uh, but I don't think I certainly didn't really feel unsafe in a way. It was just normal. You just accepted it. Yes, Highbury felt a lot safer, definitely, because yes. there was no fences yes. in the ground for a start of. 
and it just felt you you seem to have you wasn't crammed into little areas as, as much yes sometimes there was a big crowd at hybrid and it was a little bit cramped but a lot of the away end you were tucked into a little pen in a corner it was cramped you felt a little bit more unsafe perhaps but even then you, you never felt well, I certainly never felt that anything bad would happen. It wasn't really until Hillsborough that you started to realise how much we've been lucky before. In so many occasions, we've been in similar situations that could have happened to us loads of times in the past. And we, by luck and good fortune, it didn't. Um, but up until that point, I didn't really understand or I didn't really feel um, real danger. It didn't feel safe always, but I never really... You just kind of felt, well, you're going to football, you're going to be fine. You're just going to football. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You are going to be fine. Ultimately, that's what you felt, wasn't it? For me, it did. I said, it wasn't really till Hillsborough where suddenly, but actually, that was wrong. We were in danger for the last 15 years. We've been in danger. I don't think Hillsborough was the first one. There wasn't the Glasgow Rangers, Glasgow Celtic. Didn't they have a problem there before? Yeah, I mean, that was... I think that was Liverpool. the... Cup winners cut at the European Cup was that yeah but I mean see that, that that was slightly different now, the highest all thing was more for oh, me yeah, that was more that was kind of crowd trouble wasn't it and a ground in Europe that wasn't very well maintained and I just felt as though in England that wouldn't happen in England you were never going to get a highest in England because you know there'd been a lot of trouble in grounds and nothing like that had happened so you just kind of believe that it's never going to and maybe that was wrong maybe we all should have realized how unsafe we were but I don't think we did. I certainly didn't. No, no one I went with, we didn't come out of games. Yeah, sometimes you come out of games because there'd been trouble or you'd been stuck on the wrong train or you'd, you know, you'd been stuck with the wrong lot of fans and you thought, Jesus, that was fortunate. We got away with yeah. that one. But you never felt, I never felt inside the ground that there was going to be some sort of disaster was going to happen, even though looking back now, there were so many occasions when it could have. Not so much at Highbury at all. I don't really remember, no. other than a few crowd trouble incidents against Tottenham and West Ham and stuff at Highbury. I don't really remember feeling in danger at Highbury. Yeah, some of the other away grounds you did because you were stuck in a pen in a corner. And that was no fun. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I, I did that as well. Right, let's go on to the seasons we're going to talk about, Richard. The 82-3 seasons. We yeah. were very good in the cup, but in the league, weren't all that. We got 10th in the league. Hmm. We uh, we got beat in the league cup. The semi-final with Man United. I think it was also the... Was it the FA Cup they did us in the... Yeah, semi-final as yeah, well. Did, yeah. I went to that game. Yeah, I did. That was at Villa Park. Yeah, I went we to went that. one up. Yeah. And then they kicked us off the park, basically. Well, what they did was, they um, in that first half, Stuart Robson had ran that game in midfield for us. He'd been absolutely brilliant. Um, he'd set up the goal and we were 1-0 up and really comfortable. It looked so I, I, I remember thinking at half-time, they were playing music over the tunnel. I was on the whole end thinking... Thinking about planning going to Wimbledon, I think, I've got all the vouchers from the program. I'll be You're able not to get a Spurs supporter, are you? <laughs> well, uh, well, I know I was kind of planning me, me trip to Wimbledon. <laughs> I've got all these vouchers, I'll get a ticket and everything like that. And then, um, just before half time, Remy Moses basically kicked Stuart Robson out of the game. He just, yeah, right, he didn't come out for the second half, and the game just ran away from us. They equalized straight after half time, and you know, it was obvious we were going to lose them, but you know, for 45 minutes, certainly, I felt. That was the best I'd ever felt as an Arsenal fan up to that point because, you know, it's only my second season really going to games. And to get to a semi-final of the FA Cup and to be yeah. one up at half-time, that was, you know... And after that, what happened over the next few years, that was like... that. I felt as though that was as good as it was ever going to get. A semi-final defeat at Villa Park. <laughs> of course, yeah. after that, things got a lot better, didn't they, uh, by the end of the uh, decade. But, yeah, that was... It was a good moment and a bad moment, I suppose, in a way, but... The disappointment never leaves you, really, does it? Losing the semi-final. No, no, you never forget those. Um, no. I, I mean, we came, as I say, 10th. The top goal scorer in the league was Woodcock with 14 goals. He got 21 in all competitions. Yeah, brilliant player. Brilliant. You know who the next player was? Would it have been Sunderland, Alan Sunderland? No, it was Talbot, funnily enough. Oh, of course, yeah, he got a few from midfield, didn't he? Yeah. Free kicks as well, got a few free kicks. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Now then, this is our... Um, how it worked out with goals. We scored 58 goals. Is it 42 games then, I think it was in those days? 42, yeah. It's not a lot, is it? No. We scored 58 goals, let in 56. And um, the points tally was 58. So not brilliant. Not mm. brilliant anyway, one of the best games I've seen at Highbury, though we got beat, we got stuffed. And we didn't expect to get stuffed. It's one of those games you just expect to win because it's Arsenal, isn't it? Who's this yeah. team? I don't know much about them. They come from Russia. Spartak Moscow, so easy peasy. I wonder if we're playing the next round. I'd be a bit like Richard, you know. They beat us 5-2, and we were lucky to get two. 
Yeah. They played some football. It was unbelievable. Like I haven't seen before. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah. And you know what? I vaguely remember it. The crowd clapped them off the field. Yeah. And they yeah. came back out again. Yeah. The Russians. To yeah. take them away. Yeah. I seem to remember, and I don't know whether or not I'm thinking of the right game. Did we wear this green kit in that game? Although we was at home? I think we did. I think I'm we did. Sure we did, didn't we, in that game? I haven't researched it, I swear to you, but the back of my mind, I think you're right. Yeah. I've just got this image, and I know I know he was terrible for us, Lee Chapman. I'm sure he scored in that game, and I've just got this image of him scoring in this green kit at Highbury, which must be that game. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, we bought Lee Chapman. We had to pay over the odds for him because it went to a uh, tribunal, league tribunal. Yes. That means that we can't agree a price, so the yeah. league stepped in and up north, funnily enough, and they decide what we've got to pay. They also decided, as we spoke a couple of weeks ago, well, we had to sell Stapleton to Man United for as well. So that didn't work out too well either. But anyway, we got Chapman. I think he didn't score much. He wasn't a big hit for us. He wasn't really. I was no. told he, he just didn't fit in, basically, on or off the field, I was told. No. And uh, But wherever he went, he scored goals. He even got a winner against us, I think, playing for Sheffield Wednesday. He got a lot of goals against us, and we played for Leeds as well, Remember didn't one. Oh, yeah, Leeds he scored against. Right. He, he won the league title, didn't he? He won the league title with Leeds. Was he in the league title team? Yeah, he won the league. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible, incredible. But, Unbelievable. But we did sign one of my favourite players, but but then he left after about a year because only I was. They reckon he, the manager said he couldn't play away from home, and that was Petrovic. I used to love yeah. him. Yeah. What a player! I mean, what he was for me, Petrovic was a modern number, sort of number ten, really playing in the 1980s when it was kick and rush it was long ball football yeah. and he was like a modern day kind of midfield player wasn't he and you could tell straight away i remember he we signed him in the summer but he couldn't play because of some work permit issues and stuff and it wasn't it. january that he could play and i remember his debut we played um swansea at highbury on new year's day and it was his debut and we were tuning up in five minutes and that was because he had made a massive difference straight away and you think who is this guy it was yeah just, he was looked like a foot he didn't fit in with 80s football because he was oh. years ahead of him. He was so far ahead of what football was doing at that time and he didn't like being tackled and he wasn't a physical type of player. And I mm. understood what maybe Terry Neal meant about the away games. But what a fantastic footballer he was. His, his passing ability. I remember he scored a free kick. I think it was against... Um, Villa. Was it? Was, no, yeah. Villa was in the cup as yeah, well. Was, yeah, I remember a free kick he scored and it was like, wow, this guy was... He was an incredible footballer. But unfortunately, yeah, maybe English football at that time wasn't ready for Vladimir Petrovic, unfortunately. I mean, it was the, I mean, I went, to, obviously, the home games, I went all the home games and some of the away games. Yeah. It was Villery scored. He might have scored a free kick against Stoke as well, but I, I remember he took this free kick and asked me about 25 yards. Yeah. And we're thinking, can he? And he went, whoosh, hit this ball right in the top corner. Top corner, there. yeah. We won 2 0, quarter final. And uh, that game, I, I, I saw it on eBay. A West Upper reserve seat, right? Reserve West Upper, it's a decent seat, mm. four quid. Wow, brilliant! Four quid, yeah. Now, look at these, um, some of these, um, attendances, right? Now, football then was quite harsh, it was a harsh mm. sport. It was right. you had to be tough to go to away games, you didn't yeah. go there, you know what I mean? It was yeah. really tough. You had to not you weren't taking your life in your own hands, but if you came home and you had a broken tooth or something. And blood, it wasn't you wasn't like shock, it was not yeah. nice. It wasn't no, it shock. was pretty standard, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So, and also, it was, I think, the, the, the country wasn't in a great way then. It was things weren't going very well. It was there was a lot of unemployment, and I think this is one of the and football wasn't sexy, no, it was it was for diehard supporters, yeah. whereas the opposite is for now. You've got your diehard supporters in every club, but you've got the what I call the um tourists. Even mm. though they might live in his country, you know, yeah, the football they, 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 yeah, yeah, aren't yeah. really football supporters, but yeah. just want to go to football for the sake of yeah. saying I did the football. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They, I mean, when we first went to the Emirates, people used to sit in front of me, and basically, if you asked them during a the game what the score was, they wouldn't know. You know, not a clue. Um, no, not a clue. And uh, I suppose that's why they tell you half time what the score is now at full time, <laughs> which I can't believe. Anyway, that's another. Listen to this. Look at this, Richard. These some of these attendances. So this is away, all right? Sunderland, eleven thousand. Wow. Home to West Ham, 
which is always, we think, the big game. No matter mm. where they are or we are in the league, it's a big yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. 30,000. Home to Everton, big club, mm. 23,000. Where we, uh, Man United, listen to what I can't believe, Man United, 23,000. I think that was, we played them about eight times that season. Yeah, we did. I think that was. I think that was right at the end of the season. I think you know we got knocked out in the cup. The season was over, and no one could be bothered anymore. And it was a very strange atmosphere that game. Stoke was nineteen thousand at home, which is not. I mean, probably what was his name? The Stoke? No, not now. Was the recent manager last ten years? What was his name? But no, what was the name? Tony Pulis. Yeah, probably. I know he wasn't, but I suppose that could be a reason we had a bad crowd against him. Pulis might have been thinking of going there as manager. Yeah, so, obviously, yeah, yeah. He, might manager been to he might have been playing for him then, actually. Yeah, he know. might have done. Yeah. This is the one that got me as a very big club. Villa, 17,000. Yeah, I think the, I think the thing with that Villa game was because they were actually reigning uh, league champions. No, reigning European champions, wasn't they? European actually? champions, yes. And um, right, yeah. we, because they were playing in the World Club Championship thing that it was at the time, uh, we that game got moved to a midweek, so it was like on a on a Tuesday night or something in December, and I think that's why that crowd oh, was actually right. so low because um, normally Villa would have attracted a bigger crowd, especially as at that time they were a very good side. But yeah, um, that game was moved to midweek in December, and I think that that affected it. But I remember that game. Stuart Robson went in goal actually because George Wood got sent off. Yeah, Stuart Robson went in goal and he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Now, also the biggest home game in the league was Spurs 51,000 still yeah. that was Boxing Day well 27th of December so yeah. it had probably been a Monday or from a Sunday was the day before yeah. that year yeah. but our cup games that season at Highbury were much much bigger than our league games mm. much really I'm talking about mm. 10 to 15,000 more at the yeah. same club in the cup that we played now something happened I found out today Against West Brom, there was a, there was a record broken. Do you know what it was? If you do, it's amazing. And I don't know if it was. I think it was the away game. The West Brom away game in 82, 83. Was that with Pat Jennings' one thousandth game? Oh, shut up! Go away! Yeah, I'm yeah, not I'm inviting you on again. You can. You, no way. You're you're off, mate. You're bad. And it was it was a nil nil draw, so he got a clean sheet as well. <laughs> Didn't know. I've never known that before. That was that came up when I was doing a bit of research on that. Yeah. So, but, um, also, uh, just one thing, just go, my, a very sad one. We knew Petrovic was going that year. And his last game that I was going to watch him was away to West Ham. Mm. And I don't know if I've told you this. Don't stop me if I've told you. But um, we, uh, I was taken from work from a good mate of mine, West Ham support, and he had this special seat where you go for a drink before the game in the stand, lower tier. And before mm. the game starts, you've got a television there, black on no, more black on but like old, dirty old television. It's not like you do today. Yeah. Just before kick off, you go down. I went straight from work. I had a shirt and tie and a suit on. And I really looked forward to it. It's sunny, like a summer, not a summer evening, but sunny evening, you know, end yeah. of the season. End of the season, yeah, yeah. Very nice, in a good mood. And I'm not a big drinker, but I had a couple of drinks. So I was quite, you know, chilled out. It meant nothing that game. As I was saying, we were 10 for 11th at the time, didn't we? But I was there to watch Petrovic. In the first couple of minutes, he goes down the right-hand side, crosses it. And Brian McDermott puts us one nil up. I stood up, I mean, like that. And I looked around me and I realised I'm the only Arsenal supporter <laughs> in that lower tier. And all the people had like tattoos with shorts and they were the women. So as I went up, in slow motion, I went, offside linesman. <laughs> and that saved me. That saved me, honestly, because I don't know what would have happened. My mate would have had to say to me, he's all right, he's a mate of mine, and push me out the ground. Because I couldn't have sat there for the rest of the game had, had that happened. But uh, but that was a, a pretty apart from the cups that we were involved in a pretty uneventful season, really, wasn't it? It was. It, it was. It, it was a time of kind of change at Arsenal, anyway, wasn't it? Really. I mean, the the, the one maybe shining light in that season for me was Tony Woodcock because he. Yeah was a player that um, I remember back in the 70s when he played for Forest. And, I mean, my dad wasn't a massive football fan, but we used to watch football when it was on the telly. And I remember him saying to me once, I was only about maybe, I don't know, eight or nine, ten-year-old, and he said, oh, Tony Woodcock was talking about him at Nottingham Forest saying what a great player he was. I think they won a European Cup or something like that. Um, and I'd always kind of... Um, it always been in my mind, Tony Woodcock. So when Arsenal signed him, obviously he played for England as well. I've seen him play for England. And I was really excited when we signed him, left-footed striker, and he was 
he was the one shining light that season. You know, we were very, very average. Let's be honest. We were even though we had a couple of good cup runs, we struggled through a lot of teams. You know, lower teams that we should have beaten easily. Um, and in the league, we were average. But he stood out. He was a shining light above everything, really. To me, he was a player that you know um, he became my favourite player very, very quickly because he he was just a class above everything else that we had at that particular time. It's truly the same. I mean, he scored in the league 14 goals. Take that 14 away from the 58 we scored. It don't yeah. leave a lot, does it? It's probably no. a goal a game we'd have without him. I know someone else would have played. Blah, blah. But uh, yeah. it was a bit strange, though, Woodcock. I thought it was brilliant. He reminded me of a fly. He was very light. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. Like, You know what I'm saying? He, he, yeah. And he had a funny style about him. He, I can't, you probably can. I can't think of any other footballer forward who played the game like that. He was so light on his feet. So direct, yeah. yeah. He could turn, twist. He was such a good footballer, and really, it's a shame that we didn't have a good team around him. We, we, yeah. we had, we had yeah. good players, but not good enough, because he no. really could have. Well, he did well in Germany, we know that, but yeah. he could have gone on and won't win so many things. Hate to say it with another team in the in the, the, the division one as it was then. He was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, do you know any player that reminds you of him? Not really, actually. No, I mean, he, even now, I mean, he he was he wasn't your sort of typical centre forward, especially in the nineteen eighties. He was, and he wasn't really. I mean, he used to drift off over to the left hand side quite a lot, obviously, because he was left footed. But he wasn't a wide player in the sense no. that you've got wide forwards now. And he, you were right; he had a, he had a very unique running style, didn't he? He almost ran on tiptoes a little bit, didn't yes. he? Yeah. And um, I mean, he, I just thought he was. I mean, maybe, maybe my impression of him now, looking back, is a lot might be better than what he was, simply because everybody else around him was so average, and he stood out yeah. so much. He was like yeah. fantastic footballer amongst all that dross that was in that team. At that, not so much dross, but the team itself were very, very poor. Yeah, and he was head and shoulders. Yeah, he was, and he stood out. And I think he stood out for two reasons: one, because, like you said, he was slightly unusual in the way he played, and also because he was left-footed. And I do think left-footed players stand out more on the pitch, especially back then when there wasn't maybe as many of them. Now there seems every team's got three or four left-footed players, but back then, not many teams had that many left-footed players. I mean, we had Sanson, Ricks, and Woodcock on that left-hand side, and that was a pretty decent left-hand side actually. Yeah. And for a, for, there was about an eighteen-month period where uh, that worked really well. We actually had quite a good team, and we we did pretty well. Um, but we, we didn't maybe build on it enough. We didn't have enough balance in the rest of the team. But, you know, Woodcock for me was, he, he was, he, up until probably the George Graham kind of era, he was the, he was the best player Arsenal had that I saw. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he was fantastic. Now let's go on to the next season, 3-4. We come sick, but though we got knocked out in the FA Cup away over Middlesbrough, I think it was 3-2. Yeah. Woodcock scored 21 league goals that year, which we come yeah. to in a minute. He did. Um, Charlie Nicholas got 11 and Mariner got seven. Hmm. Now, this is the points tally we got goals for was 74, so we scored more. We let in 60, slightly worse, and we got 63 points, slightly better. Our first game of the season was at home to Luton, which was Charlie Nicholas's um debut. We were so excited because yeah. I remember that he was the big thing from Scotland, yeah. he was the big, he was the real deal. And we were going in for him and it was like man united were having a look because they were the top team then liverpool were very very interested yeah they were and normally we'd lose out to those two around about then mm. and for some reason it might have been the bright lights i'm not saying it was it might have been but he chose us and we thought we've got someone here we have really got he was he's he was going to hopefully be the catalyst to put us to the new level wasn't to be we had to wait for a manager to come around and put us to the new level not a player but he, 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 I mean, he that season, he didn't score at home till November or something. Well, he didn't score at home until the game between Christmas and New Year. That was his first yeah, goal. Was that? Was it yeah, December? it was. It was a penalty against, I think it was Southampton or Birmingham, somebody like that. And there were two games in a row between Boxing Day and New Year's Day. We played at home. We drew them both and he scored penalty in both games. But they were his first two goals at Highbury all season. And it was just before the turn of the year. So, yeah, it was... Oh, it was right. a struggle I should have further into that because I was doing a bit of research and I'm, I'm reading about um, like uh, fans' letters you used to send into the program. Yeah, and one of them said, "Do you think Charlie will at least score in November?" <laughs> so I thought so myself, "He must have scored in November." No, he didn't. Right? No, he didn't. No. <laughs> but he didn't. Wow. No, no he, didn't. Right. he didn't. But he had I mean, this neck. 
didn't they? Of scoring important goals. Yeah. But he also had the knack of scoring against Spurs that season. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think he was a big game player. He was a type of player yeah. that needed something big to be playing for, rather than just your run-of-the-mill game against Notts County or Luton or whatever it was. He, he wasn't going to turn up on them games. But when we had an important game, like you said, Tottenham, he loved playing against Tottenham. The, the, yes. the, big, the bigger games, obviously, we know later on he scored them two goals in the final against Liverpool. And they, that, they, they were the games where he rose to the occasion. He was definitely a big game player, which you do yeah. need a big game player. But unfortunately, in 90% of the games the rest of the season, he did very little generally, <laughs> even That's though we all wanted that's why Richard, that's why George didn't fancy him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly why yeah. he was never gonna be a George player. No, no loads of reasons. That that was one of the main reasons. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean he's got we went I remember going to Spurk going and took White Hart Lane and we beat him four two. Yeah. And he had a wonderful game. He got two goals, he lobbed the keeper. I mean that was fantastic. Yeah. I remember that. At home to Spurs we we won three two and as you know, he, he scored a goal which was remarkable, put it outside the box and beat about two or three. Yeah. And then went past the keeper and just bobbled slowly in. put it across it the just bobbled in, didn't oh. it? It just bobbled in. Yeah. It was like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. yeah, he didn't quite get there, we thought, but um that was amazing. And also in the League Cup, we beat him 2 1. Which yes. looking back, we some might think that perhaps it's a bit upset that we did win that game because the next game was home to Walsall in the League Cup. Yes. And they were I don't know if they were a second or third division then. Third division, they were third division, oh. yeah. And they beat us 2-1. And the next morning, I think we might have signed him just to take pressure off the news and book Tommy Caton. Tommy Caton, yeah, I know, yeah. I mean, I remember he was, I think he was watching in the stand that night because we just signed that's him. That's right, that's yeah. right, he was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we lost that game 2-1. We were 1-0 up at half-time as well, which made it even worse. And I remember after the game, there was a lot of people upset, shouting at the main you know, the main entrance or kneel out and all that kind of stuff. And that was when it really started. I think everybody had lost faith now. You know, the previous season, like you said, we'd finished 10th, but we could easily have finished 16th, 15th, 16th. And this season at that time, going in towards Christmas, we were 15th, 16th in the league. And for Arsenal, that's not acceptable for that length of time to be that poor, those positions. I don't think Charlie's lack of goals at home helped too much if i'm honest because i think they expect i mean i remember that summer when we signed Charlie nickers we obviously we had woodcock from the season before and you're thinking this is looking good and of course as well that summer was when david dean joined the board of arsenal and i remember thinking at the time that um up until that point and i know i'd only been going for a couple of years at that point but looking at previous programs and stuff and the history of the club I kind of felt that even up to 1983, Arsenal were still stuck in the 1950s. They had the marching bands, and it felt very old-fashioned being at Highbury, which was great. But I felt from 1983, that summer, David Dean came in, and suddenly, instead of having a, a programme, we had a matchday magazine. Instead of having a marching band, we had a DJ playing music. And it seemed to be modern suddenly. We became a lot more... The Junior Gunners, I think, were formed that year as well. And it just felt as though the club has suddenly got into the, uh, you know, the 20th century finally after 80 years. And that's, that's what it felt like at that time. And I, I could sense, although that season was a bit of a disaster, certainly the first half of it and Terry Neal got sacked and we got knocked out by Walsall and stuff. I, I kind of felt inside that there was maybe the club were moving in a new direction that they hadn't looked as though they had done before into the modern era almost. And, in, and I think David Dean, looking back on it now, he was probably the man, I didn't maybe think that at the time, but looking back on it now, I think David Dean was the man that really instigated that change to modernise the club, bring us into the modern age. Yeah, he modernised it big time and also monetised it a little bit because I'm not saying it's yeah. his, this is his doing, but as I said to you, like the season before, Villa in the FA Cup, West mm. Upper was £4. Mm. When we played Spurs at home, right, East Upper, £6.50. Now, I don't know if it's like for like, but it ain't far off. Yeah. It's gone yeah. up over 50%. Yeah. So yeah. he knew, he had a brain, he knew where the football was going or trying to get the club to a different mm. level. So, exactly. yeah, we could talk about David Dean to the cow's time, couldn't we? Amazing. Yeah. I've got yeah. his book, actually. I've got his book for Christmas. I've just started reading it. It's, it's going to be Um We also, going back to Woodcock, when, Villa, when we played Villa, we scored, uh, we've beaten 6 2 at Villa Park. Yes. Tony Woodcock's got five goals. He did. I mean, that was, I mean, that was, I mean, one of the away games that really sort of stood out from that era was that game, simply because it was so unexpected. You know, up until in that season, we'd either 
we'd either played well and won a game, maybe two or three nil, or we'd got beaten two or three nil. That was how that season had yeah. gone. Yeah. And, you know, you went to Villa Park and I remember when my mate were going up on the train there and it's like, at that time, you didn't know what Arsenal were going to be there. Was it going to be the good Arsenal or the bad Arsenal? You just didn't have a clue. Um, but that day, of course, it was um, it was the good Arsenal. And, I mean, Woodcock was, I think he only had like five, six shots and he scored like five goals. Every, everything he hit was going in and it was incredible. And I think the other goal was scored by Brian McDermott. Um and I remember thinking, I'm sure, for what I, I know it's a long time ago, but I seem to remember that was up the other end of the ground to where we were. And at the time, we thought Woodcock had scored that one as well, but he hadn't. It was five of Derma. We thought he got all six, but he didn't. He only got five, but it's still some record. Um, but yeah, I mean, Danny's put it in the chat. He said on the same day, Ian Rush scored five for Luton. Yeah, he did. And that was a post war record. That's no amazing, five goals in the top division game since before the Second World War. And then on that same day, we Woodcock scored five, thinking, wow. And then when we was coming back on the train, we saw the results coming. For you get there. there used to be a paper, didn't there? You could get at the station with all the results in. And we saw Ian Rush had scored five for Liverpool. It's like, oh, my God, OK. <laughs> His record didn't last long, did it? <laughs> What's amazing when you think about it, and it, you know, it's... Yeah. It happens once in a blue moon, and we had two blue moons on the same, on the day. same day. Yeah, on the same day. Just, it, I mean, no one would have believed that. The odds you'd got on that, I don't think it's ever happened since. I know other players have scored five goals, but I don't think you've had two players scoring five goals in different games on the same day at the same time, ever. I don't think it's ever happened again. What about this one? I, rem no, I don't remember it, but I remember <laughs> the story. Ted yeah, Drake scoring yeah. six at a villa as well. That's right. And I think the manager, Herbert Chapman at the time, when he got him in the dressing room, so the story goes, gave him a rucking for letting in a goal. I think they won 7-1. Yeah, 7-1, that's right. Yeah, and He gave yeah. him a rucking. Uh, and I think another one of his hit the crossbar. That's right. I think he had seven shots. I think he scored six and hit the crossbar with the other one that day, Ted Drake. And I think Woodcock was a, he had a similar kind of game. He had like six or seven efforts at goal five went in. I think I think we had a goal disallowed as well, which may have been Woodcock. I can't remember now. And I think it was Charlie Nicholas scored a goal that was disallowed in that Villa game. Um, but anyway, I mean that was that was just an incredible performance, and that was the thing for me that kind of reinforced that belief that Tony Woodcock was he was on a different planet to the rest of that team <laughs> at that time. He was just incredible. <laughs> He was amazing. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to do go back to the year, 1983. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to do 1982, 3 and 4, because I'm lazy. But uh, this is what was happening around that time. Put my glasses on to actually see. The video game, Mario Brothers, was first released, Nintendo. Wow. Uh, the Brinks Mac warehouse robbery took place at Heathrow. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I haven't yeah. spent it all yet. Uh, I've not recorded this, is it? Right. <laughs> the first sure, yeah. mobile phones are introduced to the public by Motorola car. Oh, oh Motorola nineteen eighty three, well. Um the final uh, the final episode of uh, something called MASH I used to watch. Have you used to watch oh, MASH? MASH? Yeah, Suicide brilliant. is painless. Yeah, brilliant. And this is something I bought loads of cabbage patch dolls, they were around. Yeah, that I remember them actually, yeah. Was that eighty three they came out, really? Wow. Eighty three, yeah. Wow. Fragile Rock premieres during the 1983 on HBO. Fragile Rock. Fraggle Rock, sorry. Fraggle, Fraggle Rock. Rock, yeah. Fraggle Rock, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That the show was one of HBO's first original programmes, uh, produced by Jim Henson. Yeah. Now, these are the uh, these are some of the films, which was out around about then. Tootsie. Oh, I remember that. That's a great film. Brilliant film. Brilliant film. That's enough. Starman, Starman 3. Right. This was me at the discos then, flash dance. They used to call me flash yeah, dance. Yeah, I remember flash dance. Yeah, yeah. And the James Bond octopusy. I saw that in the pictures, octopusy. And a, a typical, a very funny American one, National Lamp Lampoon's Vacation. Remember that? Oh, that's a great film. Yeah. That's Some of the people that didn't first come out there, they were bigger this time this year, was Phil Collins, the yeah. police. Hot chocolate. Also, it was a great sound. It was big country. Do you remember them? Yeah, brilliant. Big they were great. Like Scottish band. Yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah. What's what's, what's he saying? Oh, he says that uh, I was about four foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> I had Charlie Nicholas hair, believe it or not, in nineteen eighty three. I know it seems hard to believe now, but I actually did. So there you go. I no, it was it was bad, Danny. It wasn't bloody awful. No, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, <laughs> I think it's a funny film. It's it's a great 1980s film, that. Yeah, I think it's good. It's a bit dated, but I, I, it's not awful. 
Um, it's all about opinions. Lady Bowie was big then, Black Sabbath, Johnny Cash. Yeah. Right, what we got here, what we got here. Now then, this is also what was happening then. Uh, prices of things in 83. Ooh. Pint of beer, what would it cost in 83? Ooh, what did you uh, what did you spend on of your wise money then on beer? Cool, I would say what would a pint of beer have been 83? Well, I don't know. I think it would have been less than a pound, you know. I don't know. It was, I, it was. was it, was it was less than a pound? The 85p or something? I don't know. Yeah, 67p. Was it? Well, wow, okay. yeah. which within if you put inflation into the equation, it works out at one pound ninety. So it's just below it. What's the point of being out? Three, four quid? I'm not a drinker. No, I'm not a drinker, yeah. You must talk about Arsenal, Emirates beer, that's twenty-eight quid probably. Oh no, you don't count that. That's that's well above inflation. Thank God inflation ain't measured on a hybrid at um, the Emirates, eh? <laughs> yeah. right. uh, a pint of milk then, what that cost? Oh, I don't know, probably 25p. Not bad, 21, which is 59p. Oh. So that's cheaper than... It's cheaper than that, isn't it? Really, 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 really not gone up at all. Things that have come down in price. Do you remember the VHS recorders? Yeah, I do, yeah. I what do you reckon one cost then? See, a lot of that kind of electrical stuff was really expensive then, wasn't Very it? Expensive. it is now, because yeah. the technology was quite new. Um, yeah. I don't know, probably 150 quid. 400 quid for a VHS, really? Yeah, from Curry's. I know they're dead wow. Curry's, but that's what they charge. Uh, and, it, and if you put it into inflation, Richard, it's 1100 quid. So, <laughs> for a VHS <laughs> video player, that is brilliant. Yeah, uh, what else are we going for here? And, oh, this is where you expect it to be like this an average house price. Then, when I say average, I don't know what part of the country it was the whole of the UK or whatever. Uh, oh, 83, probably yeah. everything. I don't know. 40 grand, maybe good 36,000. Was it? Which okay. Inflation is 100 grand, and the rest of the stuff. There's one other thing a Ford Sierra. Ah, oh, Ford Sierra, brilliant. Well, that can do. Uh, what brand new one? Brand new. I wouldn't sell you a second hand one, would I, Richard? No, no, brand new. Um, full 83 and brand new Ford Sierra. What do you reckon? Uh, four grand. No, it's five five thousand seven hundred and fifty, which is sixteen oh. grand. I mean, probably what's it now? Twenty grand, I think. So ain't far off, is it? Yeah, you, you would... that type of car. I mean, obviously, they don't sell it. Yeah, anymore. brand new. You'd probably pay twenty five grand, wouldn't you? Probably now. Yeah. yeah. Right now, we're going to show you, ladies and gents, Ooh. some programs. Oh, brilliant! I love the old program. That's the ah, the Spartak Moscow one. Yeah, I don't like that. Does it make it any easier for people to see or not? Um, yeah, I mean, I can see it in my eyes. No, is, it, is it better? No, it ain't bigger, yeah? Yeah, no, it looks better like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see that. That's fine, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's West Ham, isn't it? That's the game, the picture of the game against West Ham. John Hawley, actually, which was, uh, he was a, he was a great um, player, wasn't he? Not. Yeah. He did. In fact, yeah, his best game for us, I think we played Southampton last home game of the season. And we thought, oh, yeah. Bloody he's got he's had a decent game at once. I think we sold him just after that. Yeah, I remember shot that, yeah. the job. I reckon that was that. I see that, um, that 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 in them that season that program had the same. It's a different picture, but it had the same cover, didn't it? In all every right. single, and some of them had the same picture as well. Two or three games in a row, I seem to remember, because I used I'm to sure. buy the programs in all the time. Yeah, I used to get them also. Got too many of them. The inside page when you had Voice of Arsenal. Yeah, wow, that was lovely. You had all that. I can see that says Arsenal, you know, the game's yeah, coming yeah. on. This would not be what do you say? I can't even see what that says. But the West Ham, it says West Ham. This, this game, not be all ticket. West Ham at home, not all ticket. Imagine <laughs> that now. Incredible. That's lovely. Voice of they used to like that. Stadium tours. They did stadium tours then. Yeah. This is the changing yeah. rooms and they can go home. There wasn't a lot to see there, was <laughs> yeah. there? Yeah. It might have some marble halls and there's a changing room. There's oh, a the marble, sorry, yeah. That's yeah, you get the marble halls for nothing though. Yeah, years ago, well, used to go in there. Yeah, I used to, I used to, I've been there a couple of times when I was younger. Yeah, I used to go there all the time. Fantastic! Wow, and this is uh, this is the game that we uh beat Spurs. Yes, Graham Ricks on the ball. Yeah, Ricks that was against that looks like against Birmingham. That picture, yeah, not hold on, it's not Man City. Hold on, it looks like yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham. I think it's Birmingham, isn't it? yeah. Yeah, Birmingham, yeah. 11 o'clock kickoff as well. And, uh, I remember that game, actually, because that, that was a, a massive crowd in, wasn't it? Like 50 or 50 thousand. Or it was the biggest crowd, yeah, the biggest crowd I've been to at that, at that point. 
And um, yeah, that was a great game. Now we, we we got someone sent. I think Stuart Robson was sent off in that game. We won two 0 Was that the game he got sent off for for doing Graham Roberts twice? Yeah. Well, no, he did Graham Roberts first, got booked, and then he did another foul on someone else, Tony Galvin or somebody, and got a second. Oh, it was Roberts twice, and got sent. And when off. he went into tackling, I put my hands over me. And I thought, no, yeah. not Roberts. Yeah. He smashed him. Yeah. He, he did smash him. Yeah. He probably smashed him. Yeah. Well, Graham Roberts deserved oh, it. I think. Let's look at the first teams anyway. Not that we should, but we will because we're fair, aren't we? We're fair people down here. We're fair. See, that's not a bad Spurs team, that you know. Terrific, isn't it? I think uh, where the weakness was there, to be rude, and I am being rude, is Paul Price. You know, he came from Luton, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he never yeah, quite made it at Tottenham. I mean, Gary O'Reilly wasn't up to much either, was he? Gary yeah. O'Reilly wasn't great. Look at that forward line: Cross, yeah. Hoddle, Galvin, Archibald. Mabbitt yeah. was good. Roberts was Roberts. Ricky yeah. Villa, the good yeah. team. Chris Shooting was a good player, you know. Chris Shooting was a good fullback. Yeah. Clements, obviously, Ray Clements. I mean, he was, I know he was past his best by that point, but he was still a good goalkeeper. Oh, terrific. But also, if you know, we still had the Metropolitan Band, the 82 3 season. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I think that was the last season they played regular, wasn't it? I think he nicked their trumpets, didn't he, Dean? Stop them playing. Yeah, I think That's he must have done. <laughs> couldn't get rid of them in the other way. He took the baton away, so he couldn't throw it up in the air all the time. That's what he did. <laughs> Yeah, this is what you like from that other season. You might like this. Let's get oh, that I remember that picture. How good is that? George Graham's there. Look, George Graham's in it. Well, it's, a 70, it's a 71 double team with the 83 team, I think. 82-3 yeah. season team. Some real legends there. Look at George Graham. He looks so cool, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? He always looked cool, though, didn't he? Yeah. Brilliant. What so a brilliant cool. picture that is. That is, a, that is amazing, terrific, isn't it? Isn't it? Look at it. What a picture. I mean, they are some great, some of the great Arsenal players of all time there, isn't there? You know, Kenny Sanson's there as well. Unfortunately, Lee Chapman kind of ruins it a little bit. Yes, right. right. Yeah, we. I try to get him off the thing. I try to get it um, yeah. Photoshop, but they wouldn't let me do it. John Radford. John Frank Radford, yeah. Oh, what? Georgie Armstrong, of course. Sammy Nelson. Look at that. Pat Rice. Brilliant. Oh, my God. What a picture. Peter Simpson. I mean, in my yeah. day, when I first started watching, just after I started watching after about a few years, Peter Simpson played in the double year and he was so um, he was unlucky. Bobby Moore was the number six for, for England and behind yeah, him was yeah. so he had very little chance of getting in, but he was such a good player. Yeah, he was. I mean they all were in the 71, 70, 71 season, to be honest with you. They were all fantastic. Oh legendary. Absolutely brilliant. Terrific. Um this is the Spartak cover. What did that look like? Oh, that's one of the similar things though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I want to show you I think I've done that. Yeah, we've done, you've done that one before, yeah. The, the yeah. Spartan. Now we're going to next season. First See, I used to love that program. I used to love that program because it was... It's so different, modern. though, isn't it? The style's yeah, changed completely. I love the cannon on it. I love the cannon. I just think that's a brilliant design. I love the program from that season. I, they were just... Right. And they were different every game. The picture was different. It was just fantastic. And a little bit of advertising there, Richard, bottom right, that you don't yeah. notice. <laughs> yeah, the JVC. Is that the Brighton forward on the right? No, that was, um, it looks like Aberdeen. I think we played Aberdeen in a friendly pre-season. Oh, Willie Miller. Willie Miller, yeah. And that's that's action from that because that was a loot in the first game of the season, wasn't it? That's that it, program. Yeah. Charlie I mean, Nicholas. I, we just played, I think it was Aberdeen in a, in a friendly just before the season started. So, that was it. Strange Arsenal kit, that isn't it, by the way? It's quite nice, though, isn't it? Weird, I kind of quite like it, really. It's sort of a mixture of a home and away kit from that season. Obviously, something went wrong in the wash, didn't it? I think so, yeah, but it's quite nice. Yeah, I don't know whether we can see this on here, but it was seen it live. See if I can make this bigger. Oh, wow, the reserves and youth, yeah. Talking about all the reserves, can you work, work out sort of about all these young boys coming through that became first teamers? And then we didn't know what they're going to be like. Got yeah, Gus well, Caesar, yeah. we're talking about. Martin, Martin Hayes. Keown. Martin Hayes. Tony Adams. Yeah, Tony Adams, yeah. Well, Tony Adams made his debut that season in the first team, didn't he? Um, against Sunderland in 1983. Really? Yeah. And I mean, that, that season actually was um, the kind of, that's what I mean, from that season, we seem to sort of transition a little bit more quickly. I mean, that season, Tony Adams made his debut um, against Sunderland at home. And obviously we bought John Lukic as well that summer. So he made his first appearance later on that season as well. Obviously two players that went on to win the league title, league cups and stuff with uh, part of that George Graham team. And that was kind of the start of the building of that team, I felt. You know, because well, you've got Martin Hayes there, haven't you, as well? Martin Hayes, yeah. Martin Hayes, yeah. He was he was in the reserves in the youth at that point. 
I mean, I used to sometimes still watch the reserves back then, up 83, 84. I would have still gone to some reserve games. I mean, I was going to a lot of away games then, but I still went to see the reserve quite a bit. You know, Niall Quinn, I think, might have been playing um, at that point, possibly. Rowcastle as well. He's on that team sheet down there, David Rowcastle. He was playing then. He says Thomas. I don't know if that would, would that have been Michael Thomas. It probably would have been actually because he'd have been there eighty three, wouldn't he? Well, they've got someone that can't be the same one. They've got Allenson. That's not the one that because George Graham was yeah. there. No, no, yeah, um, Ian Allenson. Yeah, it would have been Ian Allenson from Colchester. That can't be because then we didn't. George, did George Graham buy him? No, no, he, he came in eighty three. We bought him in eighty three. Oh, I thought he thought George bought him. And just another one, as you want to mention on that team sheet at the bottom there, the last player, number eleven, John Purdy. He was actually came on the channel um, a while ago. Did um, he? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. He was. He never quite made it at Arsenal in the first team, but he played in the reserves with people like Rowcastle and Adams and Keown and Martin Hayes and all them lot. He came through that same group. Um, oh, right. So he, he was he was good to have on the show. He, he had a book out actually a while ago. A really interesting book. Oh, wait a minute, I do remember him now. Yes, I do yeah. remember. John, yes, he, he was a little left winger at the time when he played for Arsenal. Um, I saw him playing the reserves a few times, and he, he was he was decent then. He never quite made it. Well, so many of them. I mean, I mean, quite a few made it from the reserve and the youths we just looked at. That's quite yeah. a big percentage, isn't it? When you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, massive. I mean, that, that was that was a time when I know people talk about Hailing now, and rightly so. But back then, that was that was when our youth academy was really first started to really yeah. kick in again, didn't it? Because we'd had a good spell. Obviously, the team, the double team, as you mentioned, most of them had come through. The youth system, and then we had a bit of a lull, hadn't we, through the rest of the seventies and the eighties, and suddenly this group here, a lot of them players went on to do great things with Arsenal, didn't they? This is a nice one. This is quite uh, not current, but timing. <laughs> oh, that's great, isn't it? Look at that. What a kit as well. I mean, yeah, <laughs> love it, isn't it? Charlie Nicholas. I mean, he's an absolute god, and he look at him, just absolutely fantastic. Shame he, yeah. shame he couldn't have played as. We all saw how great he could be, Charlie, on his day. And if he could have played like that more consistently, he would have been a brilliant player for us. You know, we'd have probably won. Oh, yeah. He was. Oh, he had the ability, didn't he? He just didn't have the right attitude, really. Stuart Robson next to him as well. I used to love Stuart Robson. He was a great player. He he was our captain, you know, at a very uh, young age, a bit like Tony. Yeah, he, he was captain. Yeah, he was. He was a great. I mean, there's some great players in that team sheet. Actually, you look at that. You look through there. Obviously, Lukic is there. You know, brilliant um, John Lucas. What a goalkeeper he was. Obviously, Samson, Woodcock, Brian Talbot, Robson, Nicholas, Paul Davies, you know, Graham Ricks. I mean, what great players. Alan Sundon, David O'Leary. Yes. How did that team not achieve more? I don't know. I How don't did know. it not what, really achieve more? Do you think because it was London? Do you think it was something to do with that? Was they were? I'm not saying they didn't try, but up north years ago, I remember my uncle and my father telling me, you go up north to win a game up there, you've got to really want it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. don't think perhaps they the, the winning at all costs wasn't quite in their mind. I might be doing them a big disservice, and I, I apologise around, but I got the feeling just watching the Arsenal teams and watching teams come down from up north and all that and watching a few away games that it was different. The whole thing was different. It was like, yeah, we're playing for the Arsenal, fantastic. You've got to be a great football to do that, obviously, but... It was that was good enough to certain players, not all of them. To some of them, I felt it was good enough mm. to wear the shirt, and not good enough what you did in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that that was part of it. I don't know. I mean, I asked Paul Davis about that when he was on the show a while ago, and he was sort of he was sort of saying that yeah, obviously there were some great players. It didn't quite work as a team for whatever reason, you know. And sometimes it doesn't, does it? You know, maybe partly to do with the managers at the time. I don't know, but um, it was a shame because. There was the basis there of a very, very good team. And we just had one or two weak links, obviously, that positions that we needed to write back was a bit of a problem at that time, I seem to remember. And we bought um, Viv Anderson at the end of that season because there was an issue at right back. We never really had a decent right back. I think Colin Hill at one point was playing right back, who wasn't a particularly great player, was he? I don't know if you remember him. Colin Hill? Colin Hill, yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was a right back who played like a centre-half playing at right back. And when yeah. he played centre-half, yeah. he played like a centre-half that was really a right back. He was <laughs> yeah. like in between, wasn't he? He wasn't Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah he, was a, he was a strange one, wasn't he? But, so we had an issue at right back. was a weakness in that team. But, you know, I thought, you know, certainly up front, when we when we bought uh, Paul Mariner later in the season, I think that we had one of the best attacks in the league. And that, oh, that showed as well, because we, we had a time sort of the, the second the sort of second half of this 83-84 season, the first half of 84-85, 
we actually had a really good team that played really good football, scored a lot of goals. We were winning games. We were top of the league, I remember, at one point. Um, but then we, we just lacked that little bit. You know, when, when we lost the game, everybody decided they wasn't going to bother anymore. And then we lost three, four, five games quite yeah. quickly. And there seemed to be that thing with missing. And obviously, George Graham came in and changed that mentality. And that's what we needed. If we'd had George Graham in this 83-84 team, a manager like that, I think that team could have actually won something. Because you could see there was something there. They had something about them. Very, very good players, but just wasn't quite able to do it consistently. And like you said, away from home against Liverpool or Everton or, you know, Man United away, we never turned up, do we? I mean, perhaps perhaps it was to do with the manager. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they lost a little bit of respect for him. Yeah. I mean, Don Howe came in, didn't he? Obviously, halfway through that season, as we said, Terry Neal did get sacked in the end as, as the right decision. And Don Howe came in. And what surprised me was, as a coach, Don Howe had been very, very defensive, hadn't he? Really defensive for England, for Arsenal, you know, in, in the double team, very solid defensively. Suddenly he became manager of Arsenal. And we were winning games by 4-4-3. Four, four, we were scoring loads of goals. We were conceding loads of goals. Like I said, that season we scored, what, 73 goals, conceded 60. You know what I mean? That's not Don Howe. And that's what we were like. And for some reason, I don't know why, when he became manager, it was just like, let's just go for it. You know, he, he played three up front, Mariano, Woodcock and Nicholas. The, must have been one of the first managers, really, in, in England to play a free, uh, basically a 4-3-3 formation, which was unheard of. Yeah. It was all 4-4-2. And he, he put three strikers on the pitch. Quite and we scored loads of goals. We conceded those. It was great to watch that. It was fantastic when it came Yeah. Out. Yeah, for, for about three, for about, I don't know, what was it, maybe six months, seven months during eight, 1984. We were brilliant to watch. Absolutely fantastic team to watch. You know, scoring goals, conceding goals, brilliant. But it didn't last, obviously. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, it would have been good if it did, but it didn't. Right. We just got my glasses back on. So, oh, there you are, Richard. Right. That's what's loud, loud kid said again. Back then, you could spend two weeks. I didn't know that. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, you, you could help out painting, yeah. Yeah. And also, Danny's put here that that kit was that the one, the, the kit we saw oh, yeah. that mix and yeah. match. All oh, right, one off, yeah, yeah. one off the Scotland tour. All oh, right. Yeah, that makes that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it was it was a nice kit actually, but yeah, I never saw us ever wear it any other time. So yeah, it must have been one off. Brilliant. Like, uh, uh, Paul Davis, a lot of Arsenal fans. He's yeah. in a, you know, we loved Paul Davis. Terrific. terrific. Yeah, it was. Real awesome. Right, Richard, thanks very much. Thanks for coming on. Really enjoyed it. That's been brilliant. You know, I, mean, I, thought, I thought you were going to be a bit nervous, you know, but you weren't, so I was quite happy about that. Well, I you settled know, into it. I managed to get you through, you know. Yeah, no, you, your guidance was so important. I wouldn't have better do it without <laughs> you, so it's been good. I mean, to be honest, about, you know, I love, I love the old kind of games and I love looking back on all the old times and that, and, you know, What's happened with this series, the hybrid matters, has been, you know, obviously from the start, it's gone back to memories before I was even born and before I even knew football existed. So to to hear those memories from people that were there has been fantastic. And now, obviously, we're getting more into an era that I remember. The last three or four shows that you've done have been things that I can remember as well. And obviously, going forward now, it's so it's slightly different in the fact that it's I, I can relate to them now. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I remember this. Whereas before, it was just like li listening to stories and thinking, "Wow, what a brilliant time that must have been." So it's 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 really good actually. And I think that you know, people maybe younger fans these days that maybe don't know what football was like back then. You know, at Highbury, never experienced Highbury and never experienced all of that thing. You know, people might think, "Oh, I'm not interested in that," but become interested, listen and, and find out this great stuff because without Highbury, Arsenal, as you know it today, wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be here. We wouldn't right. be talking about Arsenal without without what happened at Highbury, without being at Highbury. And all those great... Yes, and, you know, these particular seasons weren't great seasons. As we said, you know, we struggled. We, we weren't a great team, really. We should have been. We wasn't. We struggled. But it doesn't matter because this is all part of what's built the club to become, you know what it was and what it is and what it hopefully will always be, which is one of the great one of the greatest clubs in the world. We've got a history that is second to none in my opinion. I know I'm biased, yeah. so it doesn't mean I'm wrong. And as you say, I've been I've been for years supporting the Arsenal and we've been dross. Yeah. Absolute yeah. you know, I've been I managed to read all the programme back to front <laughs> the game so bad. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. And yet yeah. the next week I'm looking forward to going. I can't wait. And it's that is what that is what I'm like, you know, and a lot of other people are like that as well. Right, Richard, time is up. They tell me I've got the producer in my ear. <laughs> the time is up. Thanks right, again. Right. Speak to you soon. Yeah, and let's hope we do it uh, New Year's Eve, eh? Well, let's hope so. Tough game, but we, you know, we're doing well at the minute. Let's keep it going. Keep the momentum exactly. going. Brilliant. What we want to see. Thanks to everyone who's watching, and thank you to the people that've got to watch it. Hopefully on YouTube, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. All the best. Bye. <laughs>